why is acknowledging your successes so important? What happens when you don't? And how do you acknowledge your successes? Well, these are all questions I want to answer on this particular episode. First of all, let's look at why it's so important. Your successes are one of the elements that help you build your self-belief. And you'll recall from a previous episode that self-belief is one of the pillars for building your confidence. Now, why is it important to build your confidence? Well, the more confident you are, then the more your business will grow. The more visible you will be in the marketplace and in your area of influence. The more confident you are, then the more you learn. The more confident you are, then the better you'll be able to deal with difficult situations. And the more confident you are, then the more you'll be able to face challenges and see what's possible. So acknowledging your successes is so very important when it comes to raising your self-belief and in turn your confidence. But also acknowledging your successes is important for your customers and your clients. Think of it this way. If you wanted to climb Mount Everest, would you prefer to work with a coach that has already managed to climb Mount Everest or someone that has only read about it in a book? In your business, would you prefer to work with a mentor that has built multiple businesses or someone that doesn't have any business success to their name? You see, your customers or clients want to know your successes. They want to know what you've achieved. They want to know what you've actually overcome. That's why it's so important to acknowledge and own your successes. When you walk into a meeting, how different do you think you'll be if you walk in knowing inwardly that you're successful at what it is that you do and what your successes have been in the past versus walking into the exact same meeting, being unsure about yourself and not really knowing, acknowledging and owning your successes? They're two very different characters. Now, it's not about having a massive ego about it, because having a massive ego will mean that your pendulum is out of equilibrium. And I spoke about the pendulum on previous episodes. But when you're walking into any situation where you're in complete equilibrium and have that deep inner knowing of self-belief, then that's a very, very different meeting. But society typically has us that we don't speak about our successes, especially in Ireland. There's that sense that other people don't want to see others succeed or do better than them. It's the difference between when someone sees a person driving an amazingly beautiful, expensive car and one person says, what a beautiful car, fair play to the driver for being able to afford it. Versus another person saying, what a dick for driving a car. They must be doing something crooked or they're trying to compensate for something else. It's the same situation, but two very different reactions. And that's typically the two different cultures that a lot of people grow up in. So when you have a more negative culture, then the natural unconscious reaction is to make less of your successes, downplay them and not say anything about them at all. Now, bear in mind, as you were growing up, it's said that people hear more negative comments and affirmations from the people around them than they do positive comments and positive affirmations. So it's no wonder we grow up being focused on the negative and what hasn't been done or what hasn't been achieved. Yet your customers and your clients want to know, and it makes a significant difference to how you perform in life. So you must acknowledge and own your successes. Now, what happens when you don't acknowledge and own your successes? Well, apart from the obvious opposite of what I've just said, there's other impacts too. You'll end up feeling that you're on a constant treadmill or a hamster wheel, seeking the approval of others. If you don't acknowledge your successes, then you'll feel you haven't reached a level of success that's acceptable. You're constantly striving to reach higher and higher levels of success because unconsciously you're seeking the approval and recognition of others. In essence, you're seeking the acknowledgement from others. Whether it be a parent, a spouse, a partner, an employer, your friends, your community, your fans, whatever your arena is, 
until you acknowledge your own successes. Without needing the acknowledgement of others, only then will you be free. Because otherwise, ultimately what you're doing is investing in self-esteem and not self-worth. Again, I talked about the difference between self-esteem and self-worth on an earlier episode. Now, in that case, no matter what level of success you achieve, you won't be satisfied with it. Each new level will never be enough. Your focus will be about getting to higher levels as opposed to being about the difference you can make. You won't feel grateful for what you have or for what you've actually achieved. And you won't be able to actually fully enjoy it. You won't fully recognise all the things that other people do for you and all the good circumstances that come your way. And good things that have happened for you, you just won't, you just won't realise it. It's just not enough. Because enough is never good enough. So when will you stop? If you can't acknowledge your small successes and achievements, then how are you going to be able to acknowledge and own your big successes? And then when you've achieved your big success, well, then what? What next? What do you then become? Now, this isn't about not striving to reach higher levels of achievement. Far from it. Because what's more important that determines your success is your intention behind seeking the higher levels of achievement than success. Your intention is one of the most paramount elements. This is about acknowledging your successes and owning them. Because if you don't, well, you'll just end up feeling disgruntled, unhappy or feeling not good enough. You'll start comparing yourself to others and feeling that they're much better off than you are or that they've achieved much more than you have. And when that happens, then it becomes harder and harder to achieve greater successes. So you can see there's a lot of benefits to acknowledging and owning your successes. And equally, there are a lot of downsides to not acknowledging and owning them too. So what does it look like to acknowledge and own your successes? Well, for one, you feel inwardly proud about yourself as you recall each of your successes. And as you recall each of your successes, you can bring them up and that feeling and relive the experience again and again, along with the excitement of it and the joy of it. Let me give you two examples from my own life and hopefully you'll be able to see the difference between the two. So for one of them, I need to go back a good few years to the time I was actually studying to become a management accountant. You see, I had set myself a target that I wanted to pass my exams and be qualified as a management accountant within four years. Now, at the time, I was studying in the evenings and at the weekends, and I was working full time. One of the reasons I was working, apart from wanting to earn the money, was because in order to be qualified as a management accountant, you had to have a number of years experience as a full time employee in a broad range of areas of accounting and business in order to be determined fully qualified and to be able to use the initials in your title and that signify you as a management accountant. So I had my target. I was working full time. I had to get a broad range of work experience. I was attending classes in the evenings and at weekends, and I wanted to get it done within four years. Also, in the final year of studying exams, I bought my first house, which was being built at the time, and we were also arranging our wedding. So you can imagine just some of the circumstances and the pressures that were going on at the time. So to cut a long story short, it came to the final year, which was in fact my fourth year of study. And I'm sitting in my office and I get a phone call from my mum to say that my exam results have just arrived to the house. So I asked her to open the envelope and tell me what the results were. And while I waited for her to open the envelope, I took a deep breath and prayed that I had passed. And yes, at the other end of the phone, my mum shouts out that I passed my final exams. I had passed them in my first attempt. I didn't, I didn't have to repeat any of them at all. I passed them despite all of what was going on in my life at the time. I then rang my fiancé to tell her the good news. I came out of my office and told all my co-workers the news. I went to my boss and told him also. And after all the congratulations, I returned to my office. 
And as I sat back in my chair, relieved at the fact that I had actually passed my final exams, and because I had gotten the experience and work that I needed, I could then apply to be able to use the initials that signify me as a management accountant. And after all those thoughts passed, do you want to know what the next thought was that came in? No, it wasn't about how I should celebrate my achievement or to plan a big party and look forward to what the future might hold. And it wasn't about how I could go away with my fiancé and to somewhere nice and have an amazing holiday to celebrate. Nope, they weren't the thoughts that came into my head at the time. Do you want to know what they were? It was now that I had become a management accountant. How do I get to fellowship? I immediately went in my mind to think about what could I do next to become a fellow. In other words, to take the next level up as a management accountant. And while we had a small celebration, I can't even to this day recall the celebrations that we did have because my mind was on all the other things that had to be done. The house, the wedding arrangements, the work, the management, and more importantly, how do I become a fellow? And in the years that followed, that was my focus, which I managed to achieve in record time also. I don't even remember the celebrations. I didn't even acknowledge it within myself at the time, even though I worked and studied for four years. I didn't even allow myself to enjoy it. I just simply moved on to the next thing. Now, let me give you a different example. And this example is one where I jumped out of a plane with a parachute, of course. And although it's a good few years ago since I did my jumps, I can still recall and relive every element of both jumps. I can relive the preparation, the walking to the plane, the joking on the way up in the plane as it's trying to reach the altitude, which seemed to take forever at the time. The pulling of the straps from the parachute as it tightened more securely by my tandem instructor behind me just before we moved to the edge of the plane. I remember me putting my legs out the side of the plane to wrap them around the underbody of the plane and feeling the wind against my exposed ankles, hearing the instruction to tilt my head back against the neck of my instructor and crossing my arms to hold on to the parachute harness. And then as we roll head first out the side of the plane, I remember the immense speed as we fall with the wind gushing up against my body and face. I can see the cameraman opposite as we descend speeding towards the ground, then feeling the tap on my shoulder to indicate that the parachute is about to be released and immediately feeling the pull from the parachute straps. And as we continued our descent, (laughs) playing with the parachute, feeling the G-forces as we went into different spins and seeing the different landmarks on the ground, and then moving on and going through the light rain shower that it felt like ice needles in my face to, to coming through it and feeling the wind. And as we descended further to closer and closer to the ground, hearing the instructor tell me to lift my legs as we came into the land and so smoothly and gently land on the ground. It was such an amazing experience. And to this day, I can still recall every single element of both jumps. I still get a grin on my face every time I recall the experience. Now, do you notice the difference between the two experiences and achievements? At the time, I didn't acknowledge and own the achievement of passing my exams, getting qualified as a management accountant in the midst of everything that was going on at the time versus the very different acknowledging, owning, celebration and enjoying the achievement of jumping out of a plane. You see, for many people, they too don't acknowledge and own their achievements and successes. You can probably recall for yourself some of what other people would have considered big successes in your own life, but for you, they're less so. So how do you begin to acknowledge and own your successes? Well, with every success, whether it be major or minor successes, you have to be in the moment as it's happening. 
Can you see how I described the two different achievements? In the first one, I described what happened, a series of actions and thoughts. Whereas when it came to the parachute jump, I described what I saw, what I heard, what I felt, as well as everything that was happening. I was able to recall all the detail. I could give you even more detail, but then this episode would go on for hours. Difference was, was I was fully present in the moment. I was being, I was experiencing, as opposed to consciously thinking, because once you're consciously thinking, then you're not being in the moment. Next, you have to acknowledge to yourself what you have achieved. And again, whether it be major or minor successes, or whether you got help from others or not. If I didn't get help from my tandem parachute instructor, then it's unlikely I would have had done the jumps. It's okay to get help. When you acknowledge to yourself and you're doing the achievement for yourself instead of for other people, or trying to please other people, or trying to seek the approval from other people, then it's much easier to acknowledge to yourself what you have actually achieved and your own successes. The next thing is to become sensitive to each one of your senses when you achieve something. Again, you'll recall how I was able to describe nearly all of my senses, what I saw, what I felt, what I heard. And even if I was to go deeper, I'd be able to tell you what I tasted and what I smelt, like the smell from the airplane engine fuel. The more sensitive that you are to each of your senses, then the more present you are in the moment, and therefore the more you're being in the moment. Then when you're able to pull all those senses together and be fully in the moment, and acknowledge to yourself what you've achieved, then that's when a very different feeling and energy washes over you. That's when you really own it. That's when you've fully acknowledged and owned your achievements and successes. The next thing is to keep a record of it. It doesn't have to be a detailed description of the moment, just a list of your achievements. Because if you've done the exercise correctly, you'll be able to recall the full experience of that moment in your mind and relive the experience whenever you want to. I can't tell you the number of times I've relived my parachute jumps. Even though I've done only two jumps, it feels like I've done thousands of them. That's how much you'll be able to recall every moment and every element of your achievements. Now, when you have a list of your achievements, keep it handy. Have it on your smartphone or on your laptop. Have it so that you can access it easily and add to the list. The reason being is that it's very easy for us all to forget what we've actually achieved in life. We discount what we've achieved. We, we don't own them and we're focused on the next achievement to strive for. So having a list of your achievements and successes is a good reminder to look back on to help you and build your self-belief. Then the next thing is to go back over your whole life and begin to list down all of your achievements, no matter how big or how small they are, the majors and the minors. List them all out. Then when you make time for yourself, go to the ones that are more significant for yourself, close your eyes and try and get back into the moment of that achievement or that success. And then start to identify each second by second what each of your senses were picking up at the time in that moment. And when you have all your senses back in that moment, you can then be back in that moment in your mind's eye. And you can then acknowledge and own the achievement or success for yourself. Then when you get a very different energy and feeling wash over you, you know then that you've actually owned the achievement and success. And if you want to, a bit like the way you turn up the sound and the colours and the brightness on your TV, do the same while you're reliving your moments of achievements and successes. Turn up each of your senses in what you're seeing, what you're hearing, your feeling, your tasting and your smelling. Try and fully relive the experience and be in each of the moments and turn up everything in full technicolor and surround sound. Then when you've done that, determine how different you feel 
not only about your achievements and successes, but about yourself too. Because amongst other things, what you find is that you'll feel happier, more content. You'll be standing and walking taller. You'll feel more confident. You'll believe in yourself more and you'll be ready to face the next challenge. But please don't be like other people that just listen to podcasts. You have to do the exercises and take the actions for it to really be of benefit. And believe me, you'd be really glad if you do. And as always, until next time, I wish you every success.